0: I wanted to speak about gratitude today, it's tough because if you are here and this is your first time, we laugh because some pastors have professional like social media engagement people. I always laugh because you would think that I have an eight-year-old running my social media. <laughs> I speak fluent meme and I can't help it. Uh, so. Speaking on gratitude, this, I don't know if you have ever been there. Uh, me, where does it happen? It happens at Kohl's, every time, Coles, Kohl's has like 16 stop signs, and I'll be with my wife, and this is me. Pull up, and I'll see someone, I'll stop, and then that's my face. like, you know, and when they don't wave, you're like, Whoa, like you don't understand how this works. I stop, and then you wave, like this big wave of gratitude. And she just shakes her head because this is just our thing at Kohl's, and then I usually sit in the car, go get a and take a chicken, and I'm better. But I wanted to ask today, and I wanted to speak about gratitude. I wanted to say to you that this being a month where we focus on gratitude, it always blows me away with thanksgiving, and I think... It's so wild to be thankful outside of Jesus Christ. Like when we're with family, it's a beautiful thing to be with family and to express your thanks when you go around the table. And just to look and see what God has done over the past year. For some of us, this has been a rough year. We thought once the ball dropped and 2021 showed up, that it may be a much much better path. And some people have struggled in 2021, but there is gratitude to be had. I want to encourage you today. I'm going to throw a few things out. There's a second thing that speaks to me deeply, which you'll find out in a moment, have you ever experienced a moment of ingratitude, though? Here's how it would look if you were a parent. If you're a parent, whatever thing is dear to your heart, and as you're wrapping it, you're crying because it's going to be so special, and then your kids on Christmas morning tear through that thing and throw it to the side, and they're like, where's my Tesla? You know, they're just like, you're like but what about, what about this beautiful thing that I gave you? Gratitude. When you see ingratitude, you can recognize it. And when you see gratitude, you can recognize that as well. In First Thessalonians 5.18, it says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You. Concerning Jordan, concerning Jason, concerning me concerning Todd, like it's pointed out right there. The thing that he wants from us is this level of praise. It's not like compulsory that he's holding us down, say praise me, but he's saying let it flow from you because that's kind of a barometer of where you are right now. Do you believe that I have things in control? Are you thankful for the things that I have given you? I can't mention gratitude without talking about ingratitude. Now here's a second thing that speaks to me. Movies. You know, people come up to me all the time, and they're like, have you seen The Chosen? And I'm like, no, but have you seen Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? (laughs) Like, there's times that you watch something, and God will speak. He'll give you a little nudge. I can't think of ingratitude without thinking of my girl Veruca. There's a scene in the movie where Veruca is in a room with the geese that lay golden eggs. And she yells out, Daddy, I want a golden goose. And the father reaches inside of his jacket, and he says, all right, sweetheart, Daddy will get you a golden goose just as soon as we get home. And she says, no, I want one of those. So he takes his wallet out. He turns to Willy Wonka, and he says, how much do you want for this golden goose? They're not for sale, Willy Wonka says. And the father he says, name your price. Willy Wonka says, she can't have one. Veruca may be what we consider entitled. She says, who says I can't have one? And he says, the man with the funny hat. Veruca then breaks into this song about wanting it now. Now. And a line from the song, I want the whole works. I want the whole works. Presents and prizes of all shapes and sizes. Now, I don't care how, I want it now. Now. I'm sitting here feeling convicted watching Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. (laughs) So as the song ends, Veruca goes on this little platform with a pillow that tests the golden eggs, and it has that little, it's right below there, it says good or bad, and it judges it. So she jumps up on it, the meter goes to bad, she drops down the chute, and the dad turns and he's laughing, like, oh, this is awesome, these special effects. He's like, where'd she go? Before he says that, Wonka says, she's a bad egg. And the father says, No, no, like, where'd she go? Where is she? He said, Well, down the garbage chute. He goes, Where does it lead to? Wonga says, Well, to the furnace. And then he just walks off. And then Oompa Loompa sing, and it's just all this surreal kind of thing, right? And so, in your spiritual walk, this attitude that we can get, We are either looking toward being grateful or we are in a place of entitlement. We tend to look at this gray area that we form. When it comes to your walk, are you in a place of gratefulness? Entitlement will, yo, give me what I deserve, give me what I deserve now. Entitlement will say how our walk should go. And it's so strange how we can begin to tell the Almighty God how things should line up because He doesn't know any better and He needs us to advise. Gratitude is this response, and it's not normal for us just to be grateful. In our defense a little bit, when you're young, one of the first words that you learn is mine. Mine. If you're a parent, another thing that you do is you have to remind your children, say thank you. Say thank you. They may be two, they may be 22, and you have to remind them to say thank you. I'm reminded I saw a video. There's a picture on my phone. Sure, I want to, oh, it's just so sweet. So... She was opening her Christmas presents. When she's opening them, she'd say, thank you. Thank you. And on a video, there was Liam. And, you know, Liam was this little toe-headed boy. And Liam, he opens this gift, and it was a Scooby-Doo set. And he's like, oh, Mom, Dad, a Scooby-Doo set. I've wanted this all my life. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And it was just so, like, as a parent, and I'm imagining how God feels. So back to this movie for a minute. You have Charlie. He's a poor boy. I'm trying to sing. He's a poor boy from a poor family. I will not sing it, but he is this poor boy and he wants one of five golden tickets which are available. But Charlie lives in this house with his entire family. Charlie's clothes are a mess. They're old. They don't have any luxuries, but there's a contentment in this character of Charlie. Is there a contentment in you? Is there this contentment that you know that God has things handled, but you're looking at the blessings that are around you right now? Because what happens in this movie is Charlie wanted a golden ticket. Oh, he did. But he didn't allow the chase to turn his heart ugly. Don't allow the chase for the things that are out here to turn your heart ugly because God's got that. God's got that. What we do and the way that we handle things doesn't just affect us, it affects those around us. So there was this guy, his name's Matt Harding. And so Matt Harding goes on a trip with his friend. They go to Hanoi, and they're in Hanoi. And when they are there, he's with his friend. He's like, Hey, I want you to record me doing a dance. And I was like, Why? He's like, Because I'm just so grateful to be here. So he gets out there, and he does this mix between, like, the Carlton and Elaine from Seinfeld. He just, the guy's got no rhythm, but he does this happy dance out there. And as he does this happy dance, like most people nowadays, when you make a video of yourself looking odd, then you put it online. And so he does this, and when he puts it online, it goes viral. What's wild is that someone sees this video, someone with money, and they think, you know what would be a good idea? What if we pay for this guy to go around the world and do this happy dance? Like, where are these people when I do weird things? (laughs) That's (laughs) what I want to ask, right? And so he goes to different places of the world to do this happy dance. And as he does, the first couple of them, it's just him, his friends recording him doing the happy dance. But after a while, what's really strange is he'll show up somewhere and people know who he is. And they'll start dancing. And it's weird because when the people that were with him dancing, there was no one that was just like... Like, they were really getting into it. They were throwing down just like he was throwing down. They weren't getting a sponsorship. They were just there. I think of this with you The things that God is doing in your life, are other people aware of it? Is there this God excitement around you that they want to break into excitement and dance to because of the way that you are? That video at this point has been viewed approximately 40 million times. 40 million. So this guy is a celebrity. Talking about gratitude, we have always had an option. I'm not going to stand here and sugarcoat things like we live in a world that is just a cakewalk. Here's what the Bible says about the world of Romans chapter 1. Not the world right now at all. Since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So God is putting himself out there from the very beginning. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but they became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. Before I jump into that, it says in 2 Timothy 3 1 through 5, how things will be in what we consider last days. In the last days, perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers These verses are not describing the heathen world that exists outside of the perfect church. It's describing people who claim to know God. People who would buy tickets to go hear Michael W. Smith sing Christmas carols. People who would put a fish on their car. It's talking about people like us. And we've got to be careful because in both of these verses, there's something that if you pick up on that's stuck right in the middle, it's talking about being unthankful. It's talking about being ungrateful. We may pick some of those things because there are times, like I've said before, it is by the grace of God when I was growing up. Do you know what? Every time I smelled cigarettes, I'd get a headache. So if I walked away probably tomorrow from the church, I wouldn't start smoking, Dottie, because it gives me a headache. And so it's weird for me to stand up here and be like, the Lord, he delivered me from smoking. Yeah, he gave me headaches and I never wanted to try it. But there are things that we can say I never, never, never. But there are things that we cradle. There are things that we say I can't let go of that. I've got to give a little bit of my heart to that. But here when you look at these things, you know That if we live in a world where there is a spiritual war going on, that it is time for gratefulness to mark our path. In everything, give thanks. In everything. It's hard to find gratefulness when I walk a path of entitlement. It's tough. What does the word say about how we should be? First Chronicles 16, 34, give thanks to the Lord. He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Psalm 92, 1 through 5, it's good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High. It's good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning, your faithfulness in the evening. You thrill me, Lord. With all that you have done for me, I sing for joy because of what you have done, O Lord. What great works you do, and how deep are your thoughts? Psalm 95, 2, let us come to him with thanksgiving. Psalm 100, enter his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, and bless his name. When we look at these things, it is part and parcel of a man whose heart was after God that praise would just flow. If you want your heart to reflect God, then let praise flow. Psalm 105, 1 through 2, it says, let the whole world know what he has done. Psalm 106, 1 through 2, who can list the glorious miracles of the Lord? Who can ever praise him enough? Psalm 107, 1 through 2, has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Just going to get real for a minute. The time for stoic praise needs to come to an end. Is stoic praise really praise? Or is it just being polite? God does not want us to patronize him. We're not here to put on some show to see who can outjump anybody else. What we're here to do is we're here to say, I know that I'm redeemed by the blood of the lamb. And I know when I think of that, how excited that I get. And I can't just stand there. It's wild. It's wild. And I'm not saying that in a way to put us down. I'm saying. I have seen people, we went to a concert, Brian Adams was singing Summer of 69, remember that? And there was this guy and he had his popcorn, he had his drink and he's just walking through a crowd and this dude looked like a linebacker and he is just singing the top of his lungs and me and Dina were just laughing like, wow, he's really embracing this. And it's wild because if a lot of us were at that show, we'd be like, yeah, Brian Adams cuts like a knife. But you get in church and you're just like, It's time to put away the stoic praise. Something weird happens when you have a grateful heart and you begin to let it out. It changes atmosphere for you and for those around you. For you, here's the thing. Deborah Norville, who is an anchor on Inside Edition. You go, Deborah. Way to go. You know, she's accomplished there. She wrote this book. It's called Thank You Power. It says people who are grateful have these things in their life. They feel better about their lives as a whole. They are optimistic. They are energetic. They are enthusiastic. They are determined, joyful. They feel stronger. They are healthier. They get restful sleep. They help others. They are more generous. They are resilient, and they have closer family ties. A win with gratefulness will affect other people around you. When you pour out gratefulness, not only does it affect you, but it affects others. Let me talk again about this movie—not The Chosen, but Willy Wonka. In Willy Wonka, when Willy Wonka got his, when Charlie got his ticket, give me this picture. Something happened in the room. The grandfather who had laid in bed for 20 years gets up and starts cutting a rug. Now, what's crazy about when I do this is then God will just drop truth on me, and I gotta throw it down. Here is what I'm thinking. Someone here is afraid to get up and praise God because they think everybody around them is going to look at them and they aren't going to see the dance, but they're going to comment on the dormancy. They're going to comment about the times that, well, back then, back then, how you appeared, how you were, how you, and you need to concentrate on the fact that you have today and dance for Jesus Christ. You can't look at people and say, do I have your permission? Because what's wild about this is this fella who was in bed for that long, he put on his coat and he was ready to go. There is a dance that somebody's holding back. And let me tell you, with this time change, there is nowhere that I would rather be than sitting watching the golden girls in my warm bed. It's easier to lay in that bed, but sometimes God's like, you got to get up. You have got to do what I'm calling you to do but here's another thing. The accusation against you from the enemy is that you don't deserve to dance. It's not from other people. It's right in your ear. It's not you. People won't know what to do with you. You just go all in for God. There's a part of you that needs to whisper out, I will be even more undignified. I will be even more undignified. Oh, you don't like that on me? You don't like when I stand up and I start to get swaying? Well, you know what? I'm just going to sing a little louder. Sing a little louder in the presence of my enemy. I'm going to sing a little. I am going to put it out there. And it's not just going to be for the four songs they play at church. It's going to be for tomorrow morning. It's going to be in the middle. Like some of you, I read a thing the other day. It said, have you ever, have you even worked at a restaurant if you haven't gone into the big freezer to cry? If you have a place at work, like if you have to go into the stall and just like count to 20 and cry, how about you go in the stall and start praising Jesus? How about you get your Apple Music and put on whatever and you just have your little church right there? And they come back and like, are you okay? Oh, I'm not just okay. I just had church. going to get transparent here. Something that I do. I love a good quote. I have three. There is no such thing as gratitude unexpressed. If it's unexpressed, it's just plain old fashioned ingratitude. That was Robert Brault. Don't know who he is, but we'll give him credit. There was a man named Frank Clark, and he said if a fellow isn't thankful for what he's got, he isn't likely to be thankful for what he's going to get. Time machine, take you back to about 2002. In 2002, we would come to church. My son wasn't born yet. Daughter wasn't born yet. It's just us. Sunday afternoon, we would have our routine. We'd go to TJ's. About halfway through the meal, we'd be yawning, like, I'm so tired, so tired. All you could do just to get home and get a nap before church that night. Rough life, right? Looking back, I pray some days just to be that tired again. (laughs) Like, life comes at you, right, and it changes, And what you thought was tired then, looking back, really wasn't tired at all, right? There's another quote that says, he's a wise man who does not grieve for the things that he has not, but rejoices for those things which he has. I'm going to be closing in a second here, too. Here is something that I have been guilty of many times. I will read God's word and I will read a verse such as this one here. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, Philippians 3.14. And it's almost like I take my best praise and I put it away to save it up for when I reach that. It's almost in a way like I don't even see all the beauty that's around me that I should be thanking God for every second. And I feel like God is whispering to some of us, look how much you have been blessed. Speak it out. Speak it out. Stop waiting for this pinnacle of your spiritual existence because you know what? When you get to heaven, you know what I'm going to be doing in heaven? I'm probably going to be laying on my face, Al. That's what I'm going to be doing. We'll worry about the praise later. Just getting me up off my face once I get there is going to probably be a big deal. But in this moment, I've got breath. In this moment, I've got things that I am thankful for, that God has blessed me with. And it may not be perfect by any stretch of the imagination in someone's life, but there are things that you know that you know that you can praise him for. There are things that you walk over, step over, overlook, put on the back burner. There are things that he has blessed you with. And in this moment, I challenge you to start calling those things out. Here's something that I feel like God convicted me. Okay, just being real. 2020 was tough. 2021 was really tough in some ways. There were things, plans, ideas, people that in my heart I thought, God, this is what you're going to do. And it didn't quite line up the way that I thought. And it hurt. Oh, it hurt. And it was almost like the enemy knew when just to throw a good jab. It made me mad. And so while I was molly-grubbing over my terrible situation, <laughs> I felt like the Lord whispered something to me. Where's your cadence? I'm not military. Go into this in a second, this whole idea. felt like God was saying, you're so focused on shutting out the pain. You're so focused on all of the things that didn't turn out the way that you thought they should. You're in this spiritual place where you think putting one foot in front of the other is all I've called you to do. But with every breath, you have the privilege and the opportunity to praise. With every breath, you have that. See, in basic training, give me that slide. What happens is in the military, they'll do this thing where they'll run. And you know how far they'll run? Far. And do you know who likes it? Nobody. And when they do this, there's this thing. And you know when you're running, my Lord, my knees would sound like a bag of pretzels doing this. But as they're running, something will start happening. Someone will start a cadence. And someone else will join in the cadence. And before long, the whole crew is going with this cadence. And you know what's wild? Susie, do you think that their feet start feeling better? Nope. But they aren't paying attention to their feet anymore. They're paying attention to the unity that comes when they begin to sing out in unity the things that the goal is ahead, the goals ahead. And nobody's singing, my feet hurt, so do mine. Nobody's singing that. They're singing stuff that is taking them farther. And as a church, I think it's time when God whispers, where is your cadence? Where is it? And what's wild is somebody and probably the person who thinks they aren't the one who's supposed to start singing it, needs to start singing it. Because someone is waiting, and there is a goal to be had. And that run, it doesn't last forever, even though it may seem like it's going to. When I cease to be thankful... I am taking my eyes off of Jesus Christ. When I take my eyes off of Jesus Christ, I will sink. What will I sink into personally? I'll sink into what I deserve. God, you know how I love this church, you know how I love this family, so this is what I think I deserve. God, I'm a pastor. That's something good, right? So people should give me the benefit of the doubt and love me extra, extra, extra. I should be the guy that... No, that doesn't happen all the time. But it's weird because that's how we can begin to focus. I'll focus on the pieces of everything that broke. I'll focus on the lack... I'll focus on what I lack. I'll focus on my feelings over faith. And I call a timeout right now just to say to someone who's sitting, you may be sitting there with just a handful of pieces wondering what your walk even is. To echo what Tim said earlier, he's asking for your heart. Let him take care of the pieces. Your whole heart. Don't hold anything back. I end on this thought. Romans 8, 28, it says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Those four words, all things work together. All things work together. If it seems like a day where you're wondering where the sunshine is, all things work together. Gratefulness is always going to lead you back to grace, and grace is always going to remind you of your cadence, and your cadence needs to be one of thanks. And so, if you'll stand, here's what I'd like to do to end this. Just how we started by talking about things, how we gave some thanks before we sat down. Here's what I feel compelled to do. Last Sunday night right here, we had people line up and we felt as if we need to just pray over those prodigals. What we needed to do, see, there's good people who come to this church with broken hearts because their heart is for the prodigal in their life. And when they praise, it's a sacrifice of praise because their heart's broken. And so we ask those people, just come forward. We're going to pray for you. We're going to agree with you. There are some people who need to be reminded of the road back home. And I feel like there have been places almost where the road's been torn up, And in this moment, what I'm asking for you as a church family to agree with us. For everyone who came forward with that broken heart, you know, we speak life. And I don't just speak life, but I speak it ridiculously. And what we say is not only are those prodigals going to come home, but the things which were used as deception and to destroy are going to be used as weapons against the enemy himself. And it's going to be an embarrassment to him. And he's going to know that not only did he mess with God's chosen and God's own, but when they begin to bring others who seem even more broken to them into the house and into God's presence and forgiveness flows, then in that moment, destiny, grace. But let's end on praise. What I would like you to do is I would like you just to lay out sincere praise. Let's rebuild a path for them to come home as a place of praise, as a place of love, where they know that, oh, they were raised in it, but it has gotten full of all kinds of things. But I'll tell you what, they will not forget the love of Jesus Christ when it touches them. Let's take a moment. Right now, God, I lift up to you the most sincere thanks, And Father, I thank you for the favor that you are going to give when it comes to those that are your own. Father, I thank you for the blessings that you have rained down upon this family. For each one that you have brought through things that they had no clue how they were going to come through. You were faithful then and you are faithful now. I speak in the presence of the enemy that those prodigals, I can hear their footsteps, that I see the Father's arms open wide, and I pray that it would be the whispers of your love, Jesus Christ, that draws them back home. I speak against shame. I speak against deception, and I pray that you would remind them who they are in you in name of Jesus, the name above every name. Amen.